Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. This is Casey Fisak, Director of Public Affairs for IPA. Uh, as many of you have probably seen, Anthony is out riding Ragbri this week, so I hope you've seen some of those updates. I'm here with Sue Mears of the Board of Pharmacy, and she's going to walk us through some of uh, the actions that the board took today. It was a fairly uh, busy agenda, but uh, a lot of good discussion. Um, Sue, if you just want to get started here, uh, like you had mentioned, the board took action relating to Epidiolex and what the DEA plans to do as far as scheduling goes. Do you want to walk us through that change and what that might look like? I know uh, the action is going to be essentially preemptive here to allow you guys to make that change. Yeah, um, so it, people probably realize that Epidiolex was approved by the FDA the end of June. Um, and so with that, DEA has 90 days to reschedule or determine what scheduled Epidiolex belongs in. Um, and when that action comes through, um, we wanted to be able to be prepared to go ahead and file um, a similar scheduling action for Iowa so that um, that ball can get rolling. Um, and then that's just closer that Epidiolex could be uh, prescribed and dispensed in Iowa. So the board gave approval to preemptively um, or to file as soon as we know what schedule Epidiolex will be in, um, that we'll go ahead and file the notice of intended action to take reciprocal action in Iowa. Um, so yeah, the board doesn't usually do that, but in this case, um, it'd be good to um, get that approval out of the way so we don't have to wait till the next board meeting um, to get that approval, to get that process started. Yeah, and I think it's always helpful to mention, I know we mentioned it last time, but just related to um, the difference between adoption and filing and notice of intended action. So uh, when we mention notice of intended action, that will still go out for commenting and that will be open to the public comments. Whereas the adoption and filing, the board has already received comments and then now is finishing up the rulemaking action. So I think that's always uh, helpful to have in mind. And related to notice of intended action, the board had some significant rule changes that they put out today to open up for the public comment period with that notice. And uh, some significant changes here for technicians. Sue, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, a few of those changes. They're kind of located in two different uh, rule uh, notices, but uh, some interesting ones here, and I think uh, um, some important changes coming too. Yeah, absolutely. So the board uh, approved to file for notice of intended action, and so like you said, this will go out for public comment. Um, and the first notice was related to Chapter 1 amendments that would allow um, the board to identify up to seven alternate board members, um, but specifically related to technicians, would um, add a certified pharmacy technician to the composition of the board. Um, and if you recall, that was something that was part of um, the board's bill, this legislative session that the legislators approved and was signed by the governor. Um, so this would get that going to get a technician on the board. Um, and then also the board approved for a notice of intended action to allow technicians uh, to sell, refill, or previously verified prescriptions that have been identified to not require counseling while the pharmacist is away from the department on um, a break of a limited duration. Um, so there's, you know, the board has concern that pharmacists work long shifts um, and don't um, adequately take breaks and so um, the reason they don't take breaks sometimes is because they don't want uh, customers to have to wait to get their prescriptions. So 
um, the board is willing to move forward with allowing technicians to sell refills essentially while the pharmacist is on a short break. Um, but again, this will go out for public comment. Um, and the other um, aspect of this notice of intended action would be to allow technicians to be involved in the transfer of prescriptions for non-controlled prescriptions, both to give a transfer and to receive a transfer. Um, and that is included in this notice, which um, amends chapters three and six. Yeah, so as Sue mentioned, there was some interesting discussion, I thought, uh, from the board relating to sort of the intent behind some of these changes for technicians, especially in regards to refills. Uh, I don't know if you want to dive a little bit further into that, but sort of, I, would you sum it up as they wanted to make sure that pharmacists thought, you know, that it's fine to take these breaks and they want to make sure that they can step away, you know, if they need to run across the street to the bank, I think someone mentioned, or if they need to go to the bathroom, that, that with this rule change, that might make it a little bit easier for a pharmacist to step away when they need to take that time? Yeah, absolutely. They identify that there are situations where the prescription's already been filled um, and there's no legal duty for the pharmacist to speak with that patient when they come and get that um, picked up. So they would be okay with um, the technician being able to go ahead and dispense that medication um, if the pharmacist is off going to the bathroom or across the street at Subway getting a sandwich um, and just taking a, a rest break to rest their eyes for um, a short period of time. Um, and there was something else I was going to say and I forget what it was. Oh, that, I think that was very helpful. Um, also, as you mentioned, uh, pharmacists can also now transfer prescription for non-controlled from pharmacy to pharmacy. Uh, like you said, that was, that was uh, part of legislation that passed this year. And a lot of uh, these proposed rulemakings are in response to legislation that was passed, which I suspect we'll see coming up at future board meetings as well. Um, another uh, sort of set of rulemakings that was in response to legislation was changes to wholesale drug licenses, limited distributor licenses, and third-party logistics licenses. Now, these are some hefty documents, Sue, so I won't make you dive into them in full detail, but I don't know if you want to give a 30,000-foot view to these changes and maybe talk about um, what the board's intent was or uh, what these changes might look like on the ground. I know there's a lot here, so uh, yeah. if you don't feel like you need to go fully into detail, but I think any way you could sort of distill these out might yeah, be helpful. Sure. Just a quick overview. Um, so as I'm sure everybody's aware, um, federal law changed you know, a few years ago, DSCSA, um, that specifically defines what a wholesale distributor is. Um, and so Iowa law just got updated this last session to be in line with federal law to identify what's a wholesaler distributor and what isn't. Um, and so these rules amending chapter 17 and creating new chapter 42 and 43 will help carve out those entities that currently everybody's registered or are licensed as a wholesaler. And this would carve out who truly is a wholesaler under federal definition, who would um, act as a limited distributor. Um, those would be entities that don't qualify as a federal wholesaler, but are still involved in the distribution of prescription drugs and devices. Um, and then the third party logistics providers um, that are in, in some way involved in the distribution of um, drugs through the drug supply chain. Um, so again, these were um, approved for notice of intended action, so they will go out for public comment, and the board does intend to hold a public hearing to accept um, additional public comments. 
So, Sue, when you say uh, public hearing, so it'll be open uh, to everyone, and then essentially it'll be, um, will that be, do you know if that'll be here? or? They are usually held at the board offices Okay. Here. Yep. Well, thanks. And, and finally, uh, on to something that I don't think has generated any controversy, uh, the changes in USP 800. So the board is here has kind of taken the first step in uh, looking at adopting USP 800. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about this this proposed notice of intended action um, as far as what this means looking forward and, and adopting those changes. Sure. Well, of course, everybody um, I'm sure realizes that USP 800 has been published but is not enforceable um, until I think now it's been pushed back to December of 2019. Um, so the board adopted or, um, sorry, approved this notice of intended action uh, to amend Chapter 8 um, that simply requires pharmacies provide adequate protection of their um, employees and patients with respect to hazardous drugs um, and encourages pharmacies to implement the practices um, that are outlined in USP 800. Um, of course, it's not enforceable, so the board at this point is not requiring full compliance with US, USP 800, but simply encourages pharmacies um, to start looking at those as um, the what will be the national minimum standard and start implementing some of those unless they have an alternative means that provides adequate protection. Thanks, Sue. And sort of in connection with that, too, the board today also discuss and approve their own comments they'll be submitting related to U.S. Uh, Sorry, USP 795, is that is that correct? Correct. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Sue. Um, like I said, uh, next Board of Pharmacy meeting uh, is in September, and we'll likely see more uh, proposed notices related to some of the rulemaking stemming from that legislation. So tune in then and get another update. And then uh, keep looking for those updates from Anthony this week out on RAGBRAI. It'll likely be me on these podcasts again going forward, but uh, maybe we'll have Anthony pop in from time to time. So thank you, and everyone have a good day. Thanks.